I'm excited about today. Today, uh, we get to um, really kind of wrap up some stuff that we, I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, leadership team last year in the fall started on a process and kind of the, the congregation came together and, uh, and started looking at this thing called vision and uh, started looking at what it meant, what was God calling us to be and what was he calling us to do? And so today is kind of a, uh, a real mile marker, I guess, in, the, in that process as we launch into this fall, as we say, God, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to be? Um, I want you to think back over your life. I want you to kind of look back over the landscape of your life. And, and many of you, when you look back over your life, you can probably identify certain key uh, situations, certain key events that, that really changed the course of your life. Okay, or set the course of your life. It may have been a conversation you had with someone. It may have been a teacher that you had in school. It may have been a, a person that you met or a decision that you made, but how that really just directed everything from that point on. Now, I want you to look back over your life, and can you as easily identify prayers that you prayed that may have changed the course of your life? For example, some of you may have prayed that prayer of God, I don't know you, but if you're there, can you show yourself to me? And it changed everything. Some of you, it may be that prayer where you said, Jesus, I don't know exactly what this means, but I feel like I need, I need you in my life. And so you, you gave your life to Christ and, and you experienced his forgiveness and his peace. Some of you have had the experience of even walking with Jesus for a while and you, you finally realized there was this this third person of the Trinity called the Holy Spirit. And you said, Lord, I don't know what this means exactly, but fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit so that I might be used by you in ways maybe I haven't even thought of. All of these are life-changing prayers. Today we're going to look at a life-changing prayer. It's in scripture. It's in the book of Ephesians 1, verse 17. Uh, through 23, and this prayer is one of those life-changing prayers that if we pray it, if we pray it honestly, if we pray it in faith, willing to accept the changes that will inevitably come because we have prayed this prayer, uh, this change will, this prayer can change our lives. So uh, let's stand together. We're going to look at Ephesians 1, verse 17 through 23. Now, this prayer was prayed originally. It was written by uh, the early church. Um, he was the apostle. He was a teacher. His name was Paul. And um, he was writing to the Jesus followers who were in the city of Ephesus. And he was praying this prayer for them. So listen to these words that he prayed over them. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your heart would be opened so that you might know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe, which is in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. 
And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So we look at that and we say, well, why is that such a powerful prayer? It's powerful because we need our eyes opened. You know, many of us walk through life kind of like blind people, and not, not physically blind. Our, our physical eyes might work just fine. But it's really, we walk through life with our spiritual eyes, the eyes of our heart, closed. And, and because of that, it, having the eyes of our heart open, it's not just about physically seeing. What the verses in, in Ephesians say is that it's about spiritually knowing something. It's not just seeing something and knowing it from a distance. It's knowing it up close and personal. So what are we what are we praying that we might know? What is it that we need to know? Well, we need to know Jesus. We need to know who we are, who we've been called to be. We need to know about this Holy Spirit who he has given to us, this power that is at work in us. Because in, in our case, to know is to see. It's not good enough to just see with our eyes. To know is to see. This morning... The message is titled Vision. So let's pray together. Father, um, in your word, you've made clear there's, there's different ways to see things. There's different ways to know. And, and spiritually, there are many times we can have a veil over our eyes. We can close our eyes to remain ignorant to things. God, we can be spiritually blind. But Father, you have, you have told us that it's your will, it's your, your purpose, and you've shown us in the life of Jesus, even in this physical world, we weren't made for blindness. We can do okay, we can scrape by, kind of, but spiritually, that's not even good enough. Your desire is that we would see, and so, Father, I would ask that by the power of your Spirit, who is here with us today, by the power of your Word, by the power of that word that you have spoken, that our eyes would be open. That we would see this, this life, this calling that you've called us to, that we would see this vision that you've called us to, and that we would grab hold of it and say, God, this is for me too. Bring me into this. Open my eyes. So Father, be here this morning. Speak to us. Open our eyes. Holy Spirit, show us. Do your work, the work that only you can do. We pray it for your glory, Father. We pray it in the name of Jesus, who came so that these things would be possible. We pray it through the power of your spirit who works in us now. Amen. Amen. Have a seat. So in the Old Testament, in the book of 2 Kings, um, around chapter 6, starting in about verse 8, there was a, a kingdom that was near Israel. And Israel was having problems because this kingdom of Aram the king of Aram had decided, you know what, he didn't like Israel so much. And so it says he was making war with Israel. And as a result, he would come down and he would regularly try and set up a camp and catch the king of Israel unaware so that as he passed by, he might either capture him or he might you know, take advantage of his troops or whatever. The problem was, was that Israel had a, a prophet whose name was Elisha. And Elisha would keep hearing from God, well, the king of Aram has set up his camp here. And so he'd go tell the king of Israel. And so he'd say, the king of Aram has set up his camp, so avoid that area. 
And so the king of Aram was getting frustrated because all his best plans were kind of getting undercut by this prophet Elisha. So he decides, you know what? I'm going to go capture this prophet Elisha, which doesn't make a lot of sense because this is Elisha who keeps knowing what he's up to. So, but this is his plan. And so he goes and he surrounds the city that Elisha is, uh, is residing in. And so Elisha's assistant wakes up that morning and he's going out to get the water and get the coffee going and stuff like that. And he's kind of washing his hands or whatever. And he looks over the city wall and he goes, oh my, because it's surrounded by these, these chariots of Aram and by the army of Aram. And so uh, he goes running to Elisha. He's a bit frantic. And it says, he says to Elisha, alas, my master, what shall we do? And Elisha turns to him and he says, don't fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then he prays this prayer. Lord, open his eyes so that he might see. It says his eyes were opened. And it says, behold, the mountains around them were filled with these horsemen and chariots, flaming horsemen and chariots in the spiritual realm that he was now seeing, chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. This prayer that Ephesians gets into and says that we can pray, to pray, open the eyes of my heart. You know, it's, it's a powerful, it's a good prayer. It's a powerful prayer. It, it might sound simple enough, but... but I can assure you that if God were to open our eyes right now, and if we were to see like a host of chariots and horsemen, you know, of fire surrounding us, that tends to change your life, right? Tends to change your perspective a bit, tends to freak you out a bit too. If that guy was shocked by waking up and seeing the horsemen of Aram around the city, even more so he was shocked to see, I didn't even know any of this was even going on. Because the prayer to, to open our eyes is a good one, right? It's a, it's a life-changing prayer, but it's not a tame prayer. It's not a prayer like, God, help me to be a little bit better person today. It's not a, a tame prayer like, let, let, help me get along with my sister, right? Or, or to say, help me do good on this test. Help me just get through this day. It's going to be hot. Help me to have a, you know, find some good AC. It's, it's not like that. This is a prayer that upends everything because when our eyes are open, it changes how we know the world to be. It changes everything and we can't, we can't unsee what God shows us, right? We cannot go back to where we didn't know all that was around. When we pray this prayer, if we'll pray honestly and sincerely, it changes everything. So when we pray to God and we ask him, we say, open my eyes, what are we asking him to open our eyes to see? Well, Ephesians 1.17, it says one of the things is we pray that he would open our eyes to see Jesus for who he is. In Ephesians 1, verse 17, it says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you a, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You know, Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2, it says that we need to lock our eyes onto Jesus if we're going to run this race called life well. If we're going to run it well and run it with persistence, because only through seeing Jesus do we have that confidence that helps us run it well. You know, in our lives, we constantly are locking our eyes onto something, right? 
And these become our, our purpose in life. And so, and the problem is, is that many of these things we lock our eyes onto, they do not, they're not capable of sustaining that. They're not worth looking at, not just for the rest of life, but for the rest of time. And so we lose interest at some point, whether it's that we, we come to realize that we're never going to attain that thing or whether we do attain that thing and we get t- tired of it or whether we, we look at it and we realize I, I never, you know, I just didn't like that thing in the first place. But all of a sudden, when, if that has been our focus and we've been running for that thing, all of a sudden when we shift and we, we let go of it, we say, you know what? I'm kind of lost. We start wandering around a bit. We get a bit confused. We get a bit depressed even at times because we lose our purpose. We we lose that whole thing that was driving our life forward, that purpose that as human beings, that is such an important piece of what we have and what we grab for. And Jesus Jesus regularly tells us, the scripture tells us that Jesus, he is the only aim, the only purpose that we can hold on to that will actually sustain, not just for this life, but through eternity. So it says, lock your eyes on him. But to lock our eyes on him, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to see him. So it's, it's important that we pray, God, open the eyes of my heart so that I might see Jesus for who he is. Because if he's that important for me to know, I need to see him. So open the eyes of my heart. Second thing it says in Ephesians 1.18 that we need to pray and ask God to open the eyes of our heart to see us so that we might know who we are. So, so that we might know what is the hope of our calling. What is, what is the hope that we have, the, our true importance, our true value. You know, how many times in our lives do we walk around, and it, it, it really lists three things there. What is, what is our purpose? What is our calling? What is our importance, our significance in life? The second one is, what is our value? And the third one is, what is the power that we have to actually accomplish anything meaningful or worthwhile? How many times do we see people, or do we kind of, we have those nagging questions in the back of our, our, our minds that are constantly just saying, yeah, but are you really significant? Really there's nothing significant about you, or no, there, you have no value. You don't have any value. I mean, there's like a, 8 billion people on this planet, and you think that you have any value, and we're just a speck in the cosmos, or else power. How many times do we feel completely powerless as we walk through this world? You know, in 2 Corinthians 5, it says that we don't walk, we who know Christ, we who have have been born anew into him and been brought into this new life that God had for us, we don't walk according to, the, according to sight anymore. Not just our physical eyes anymore. It says we walk instead by faith. In fact, earlier in the chapter, it says we don't even recognize ourselves according to the, what this, how we see ourselves in this world, what our standing is in this world, how other people, say, who they say we are in this world. Because we know that something has happened. We know that God, he says he has birthed us anew. He has made us, in fact, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, they are a new creation. They're like of a whole different order of creation. And the old things have passed away and the new things have come. In other passages throughout the New Testament, it talks about how these new things, we are far away from God. We've been brought near We are foreigners to him and to the promises and the covenants, but he has brought us into the middle of that. He has made us his own people. He has made us his own children. He's given us his name. 
He's given us his authority. We, we saw all this summer, we were looking at the story of the prodigal son. And when the prodigal son, he finally comes home and the father says, put the robe on him. Put the ring on his finger. Put the shoes on his feet. I want people to know without a doubt. And we're going to throw a party because this is my son. And it says God does that. So we pray that the eyes of our heart would be open because we need to know who Jesus is, but we also need to know who we are. Because we lose sight of that. We lose sight of what we're even here for. Say, why is that so important? Well, in Daniel 11.32, it says, you know what? Why is it important to know God? Because the people who know their God, they display great strength and they engage in meaningful activity. They They engage in meaningful action. Things that are worthwhile. You know, only when we know we have eyes to see and we know who our God is, it says, then we display the confidence in knowing then I know what's worth doing because I know who my God is. Later in Daniel 12, 3, it says, why is it important to know who we are? Why is it important to see this world clearly? Because those who see with insight, they shine with the brightness of the stars against the night sky and they lead many into righteous lives. When we have eyes that see actually our calling and our calling is God's people, that's when we start living lives that are so different that we stand out in this world like stars stand out against the night sky. And it says, and that's when we start being able to lead other people into a life that's worth living. And not just that's worth living according to them, not just worth living according to us, the life that God intended them for, the life that God designed for them and designed them for. But only when the eyes of our hearts are open. So think about this prayer. It says that this prayer brings a life full of meaning, a life full of not just knowing what the right thing is to do, but the power to actually get it done. Uh, a life that, that is, is full of just understanding your own value and your own worth and what worthwhile and, and having positive effect and impact on other people's lives. And you say, well, that sounds like, sounds like a good prayer to pray, right? Open the eyes of my heart. Sounds like an easy prayer to pray. That's like a gimme. That's like a no-brainer. Let's pray that one. But again, I want to warn you, this is a dangerous prayer, isn't it? It's a dangerous prayer. It's going to change everything. Just like Elisha's assistant, you cannot understand, under, unsee what God's going to show you when he opens your eyes. So yes, it brings us into a whole different way of living. But if we sincerely pray it, it will change the trajectory of your life. You will look back and see that these are one of those prayers that at that moment you may not even understood the significance of it, but it changed everything, everything for you. And it's not just for us as individuals. We find that if we pray this as individuals, yes, God opens our eyes. But you know what? If we pray this as a church... God will change the trajectory of this church. He'll change it. He says, yeah, you think you know what's going on, but invite me to open your eyes and show you what's going on, and then you'll start seeing things you've never seen before. You know, for the past year, we've been in a process, and it started back in the fall. The, the, the leadership team started in this process of saying, you know what, let's Let's find out what God's vision for us is as a church. Let's, let's really push in and find out what God has called us to be and to do. And so back at the turn of the year in January, we started 
uh, we started saying, you know what, we need to invite the congregation in. So the congregation came together. We started this process. So at the annual meeting, the, the leadership team kind of unveiled the first, first part of this, which is, is the, um, the vision statement that we felt this is what summarized what we were hearing as a congregation. These were the words that we believe God was telling us, this is what Christ Church is to be about in this season. Christ Church will be a community, that's important, will be a community that nurtures and strengthens families, inspiring the next generation to be prepared for God's kingdom and engaged in his mission. He said, that's, that's who we are. Now, when we, we unveiled that at the annual meeting, we also said, you know what, there are also these things called values. And we knew we needed to dig into those. We said, when we get to the fall, we're going to bring you guys, we're going to bring these to you guys. And so there are seven values that, that God has kind of raised up as well. And I want to share those with you. This is the first time you guys are hearing these. But um, seven values. These are kind of like the guardrails. These are the things that tell us how we pursue this vision that God has given us. The first, it says, we pray for change. Why? Because we know that God can change any situation. God will change us. And with God and through prayer, we know we will see that change. We pray for change. Amen? Second one, we welcome all. Why? Because people matter. People matter. We want them to know they matter. Right? And so we don't want to just know that they're here. We want to know them. Just like God knows them, and he said, this is a gift to you. So we want to know, what are these gifts that God is bringing in through our doors? Third, we are shaped by God's story, by his word. We know that God's story is relevant. We know that God's story transforms us. I want you to hear this. Therefore, we will choose to be conformed to it rather than trying to conform it to our needs, to our wants to our agendas. We invest in future generations. We act for, we act. We don't just talk, right? We act for impact. We serve others. The last one. We seek God through all of our diversity. God is going to bring a lot of different people into this congregation. And the thing that we have learned is that God's truth is what unites us. Our diversity will not divide us. In fact, the diversity of people and perspectives and life experiences that God will bring into this place, that is what will give us the perspective to understand things together that none of us can understand individually. Amen? You guys, so these are those seven values that we said, we think that these are the things that need to be those guardrails around this vision so that we can pursue this vision of impacting this region the way that God has called us. Now, here's the thing. That's great. That's great framework. And we're gonna, you guys can look and you can think about and we can talk about what those things mean. That's great framework. But do you know what launches us into being the people that God called us to be? It's when we pray dangerous prayers like this one that's in Ephesians. When we say, God, you know what? I don't want to just come up with great ideas. I want you to launch us by your spirit into being your church, into being your people. 
So this morning, we're going to close out this time with two things. One is this. I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to pray this as individuals, to pray this prayer, this in Ephesians, to say, God, not just generally, you know, theory, it'd be great to think about what would happen, but God, open my eyes. Open my eyes to see what I need to see to be your person. But then I'm going to ask us to pray that together as God's people and say, God, not just for me as an individual, but for us as your church, open our eyes. Open our eyes to see what you have called us into being, who you have called us to be, what you've called us to do, so that we might be used by you to impact this generation, this region, this place and time that you've given us. Amen? You guys ready? Dangerous prayer. I want to give you enough time to think about it, because I don't want you guys, like I said, this has to be honest. This has to be from your heart. This has to be with faith, saying, I know my God can do this, and I'm I'm willing to step into it. Can we do that? Let's stand together. I'm going to pray this with you. Lord God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give me a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of you that the eyes of my heart would be opened so that I would know the hope of who you have called me and made me to be in Christ, that I might know the glory of the part you have created me to play in your plan and the surpassing greatness of your power that is at work in me to accomplish this, a power which is of the same magnitude as the power that raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at your right hand in the heavenly places. Open the eyes of my heart. Amen? Okay. Those of you who have walked into that, I want you to know that you prayed those prayers, but it says a prayer offered in faith, a prayer offered and prayed according to the will of God, it changes things. So I want you to get ready, because God's going to change things. He's gonna, you're going to see what he's up to. But now I want us to, if you've walked into that, I want us to together as a church to pray these words as well. Same prayer. Lord God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give us a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of you so that the eyes of our heart would be opened, so that we would know the hope and joy of your calling that is on this church, Christ's church, the glory of the part you have created for us to have in your plan for this region and this generation, and the surpassing greatness of your power that is at work in us, the power of your spirit, a power which is of the same magnitude as the power that raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at your right hand in the heavenly places. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, for your glory, Father, for the glory of your Son, Jesus, by the power of your Spirit.